Every Day is Earth Day is supported by Minnesota Valley Federal Credit Union with two locations in Mankato since 1934. It pays to bank where your part owner member NCUA more at mnvalleyfcu.coop. And Every Day is Earth Day is also supported by members of the Executive Board of the South Central Minnesota Clean Energy Council. Find out more at smcleanenergy.org. Good morning. For our Every Day is Earth Day segment this morning, we are talking about Blue Earth County, which is getting a $4.3 million grant for its energy efficiency project. And Blue Earth County is going to be using those funds to do energy efficiency project at all county-owned buildings. And this came about as a part of U.S. Senators Amy Klobuchar and Tina Smith announcing that they had secured this federal funding for southern Minnesota and said it will boost the local economy through expanded workforce development programs and modernize the region's energy infrastructure with more clean and efficient renewable energy projects. With me this morning, I have Joshua Milo, who is a Blue Earth County Deputy County Administrator, and he says they are going to be using these federal funds for a number of different things. Good morning, Joshua. Good morning, Karen. Thank you so much for having me on this morning. Well, so great to have you. Now, this is a nice size federal, is it called a grant, federal grant? It's, a, you know, technically it's called the congressionally directed spending. This is actually the new form of the earmark process. Okay. So earmarks went, you know, they went away probably over a decade ago, and this is the first year they brought back this type of spending that um, senators and congressmen can and try to look at getting this funding to local projects. And did, was it an application process, or how does that happen? Yeah, it was uh, about a year ago they opened up an application process, and we were able to um, fill out the application looking at this potential project for doing energy efficiency. So we did that about a year ago, and just really in the last month found out that these funds were secured. Now, $4.3 million is pretty significant, isn't it? Yeah, we definitely think it's significant. We think it's, you know, I mean, for one, just great that we can do energy efficiency projects that might not have been able to do without the federal funding. And it's it's also by having these type of federal dollars, it's another way of trying to do these projects without putting that directly on the county taxpayer through property taxes. So it's nice to have that diversified revenue to do these type of projects. So you're saying maybe otherwise this wouldn't have happened? I would say for some of these, definitely some of these things wouldn't have happened. They would have been a you know a nice to have, but I it would have been really difficult to do some of these projects without the federal dollars. So four point three million dollars will be coming to Blue Earth County. I don't know when it exactly starts. But you have a number of plans for that. So let's talk a little bit about that program you're thinking about doing. All right. Sounds good. Well, there's a few areas that we're looking at with this. And one of the the larger areas is that we're looking as an LED lighting um, project. So they haven't done that in Blue Earth County so at all? We've or? done in some of our buildings. Like we just did a remodel and a new addition to our government center. So there was LED lighting throughout that. And then there were some things piecemeal here and there. It's something we've been talking about for years of doing, but it is pretty costly to do that. So it's something that we just hadn't done. And so we thought now with these dollars, this is a way that we're going to do all of our county buildings to be able to get to LED lighting. Could you describe how many buildings there are? Because I see it says the, uh, the biggest share, 3.8 million will be for energy efficiency, including that LED lighting and lighting control upgrades. So you must have a lot of facilities to 
account for so that number? It's um, you know, it's five county buildings. What we're looking at, with some of those being pretty large buildings, our, our largest of those buildings is the justice center. So with our justice center having you know our courts, our sheriff's department, our jail, community corrections, there's probably about 160,000 square feet. So there's a lot of lighting. So outside of the justice center, you have our historic courthouse, um, our new public works campus that we'll be looking to be building in the next year or two. Our, our government center, like I said, was done previously, but then also our library will also be doing the LED um, upgrades as well. And then with that, I talked about the controls and the automation, just a way to, to be more energy efficient, to have those controls, that automation system that can be an energy savings for us. Does that mean when you go in, it automatically shuts off after a while? Because I think that's what we did at the university, because we have that here yep. too. That's part of it, but it also just the automated controls for all the HVAC and the heating, cooling, that's just even even more technology to do that. And then there's another focus after that. You say the second focus is adding electric charging stations at each of the county buildings, about 20 stations in all. And this is for the EV cars. That's correct. You know, it's one of those things that I, I know for at some point the EV charging is sometimes a little controversial, but I think we can take a look at what we've heard from our, our automakers across the globe that EV is coming and we're going to need an EV charging infrastructure. And so we thought this was a great way. This is one of those things that probably wouldn't have been doing without this this federal assistance, but this is a way that we can look at this, this infrastructure at all five of our county buildings for EV charging. And this is something that can be utilized for staff, for the public. And in some of our buildings that were in residential neighborhoods, I, I envision we'll have some of the neighbors that might be able to use these charging stations as well. Are there currently any charging stations in, in existence in the county buildings? There is no charging stations in county buildings at this point in time. So this is brand new. This is brand new. And and what we're looking with this, there's, there's different levels of charging stations. You know, like a level one is usually what you have like at a residential, and that takes a long time to charge. Sure. But we're looking at doing is a level two and level three charging stations. A level two, like a full charge is probably about four and a half hours to do a full charge. On level three charging stations, which you don't see a lot of those out right now in the in the communities, you can do a full charge in that in probably 40 minutes or so to do a, a full electric charge. But this will be spread out amongst all the buildings. This will be spread out amongst yeah, all the buildings in the county. All right, that's uh, an interesting thing. What is your time frame for getting something like that done? Well, what I guess what we're waiting on now is although the money is secured, the actual program requirements have not been published yet by the federal government. So really what we're waiting on is even though we know the funding is secured, what we have to do is wait for federal agencies to write the rules of the program. So they're saying that probably May, June, we'll have the rules of the program, and then hopefully there'll be some money flowing sometime this summer to start some of these upgrades. So it might be a while before people it'll, see it. It'll probably be a little while, um, just really waiting waiting on the, the federal rules, and then we'll hopefully see that money flowing afterwards. And Joshua, another piece of this is is the new Public Works Campus. And I wanted to ask you about that. You mentioned that. What is the new Public Works campus? What's it for? Where is it going to be? And what's the status? Okay, well, the Public Works campus, our, our, our county board has been looking at this for an option for um, for a couple of years now. It's just our existing um, 
our public works campus is over on Map Drive, and it's just really is outdated um, with the size of equipment now. We just don't really have the space. It's difficult for access in and out for for large tandem trucks and road graders to get in and out. So the the board has made the decision to go ahead and and looking to build a new public works campus. And I, when I say where, that's not something that's completely figured out yet. They're still working in the process of securing land. So it won't necessarily replace the one on Map Drive. No. It, it will replace that one so the plan is, is but once, not there necessarily it won't it won't be there we'll okay. probably be looking at something there was there's probably between four or five sites that were looked at typically south of um south of mankato um, more rural sites i would be looking at that wouldn't be as landlocked as we are at our, our current facility and what do you do at a public works facility? Is it just for storage of things, or mm-hmm. I guess I'm not clear on what it all does? Yeah, with our, you know, our public workshops, so really everything that comes out of our public's work, it's, you know, we're all our snowplow drivers, they do our road maintenance, our sign shop for the county, we have our engineers that are doing a lot of that work on designing roads and doing all of that. So really anything that has to do with county roads in Blue Earth County or county bridges, that's where all the work is really emanating from, is from them, that public workshop. And that apparently has expanded through the years? Through the years it's expanded and the equipment has gotten larger over time so there's just really isn't the space to really conduct the business at the current um, current shop. Now that project sounds like it's a little further out in terms of planning and execution. Yeah I think the goal is is to still to, to try to secure land here in the next few months and then with the planning process is I think there still would be a goal in 2023 sometime to be able to break ground and get started on that. And just with where we're at with supply chain issues and costs, it's something that we it's going to probably take a little longer to, to build something than what it would have a few years ago. But we're, we're definitely trying to get to the point of getting that started. And I assume that's going to take more uh, money down the line because obviously all this isn't going to pay for something that big. That's correct. The, the the dollars that'll be going to that public works campus are really for the energy efficiency upgrades piece of that. And there's a few things we're looking at doing at the public works building. Is one we'll we'll make sure we do that we start that off with the LED lighting. Mm-hmm. But the other thing we're looking at is we're with our public works um, building. There's actually two buildings on on the campus. There'd be the the full size building where it has the the shop and the storage and then where our our office staff. But then there's what's called a cold storage building where we have some equipment. And then what the the plan will be is to actually put solar, rooftop solar on top of that. And at this, what we're planning on is a 200 kilowatt solar panel on top of that cold storage building. Can you give me some, I don't know, that doesn't mean anything, 200 kilowatt, is that huge? Is it average? Um, is it, what? what is it? I mean, it's definitely not the size of some of the solar gardens you might see out in the community, but that size um, solar panel, you'd be looking at generating de- up up to 300,000 kilowatts per year that you could be generating. And I just, you know, doing a little research on that is that to, to have enough energy for a standard um, house in a community is probably about 10,000 kilowatts it takes per year. So if you figure if we're able to do up to 300,000 kilowatts, that'll greatly offset what our actually energy needs would be at that public works campus. And as far as, are we talking two years, three years out now? To For that for that being operational, mm-hmm. I would say probably, hopefully around two years, we could see that being operational. Again, there's some things that we'll have to see where timelines go, but I, I would say two, two and a half years before we see that building operational. And is that building going to be paid for by tax dollars or what are we looking at? Yeah, you know, that's, I would say it'd probably be typically it would be, you know, property tax levy dollars and I there's a possibility there'll probably be some some bonding, some some loan that will be incurred for that as well. 
We don't have any idea on the cost of something, the magnitude um, at this point. You know, probably roughly in the probably roughly $30 million for a building like that. I think it's really hard right now without the full detailed design, what that's going to look like with some of the costs that, that they've gone up over the last year or so. And especially the way the, the prices of building materials and things, it seems that just keeps skyrocketing. Right. And and just even for materials, the one thing we've heard that once we make a decision just to get steel for a building, you're, you're looking almost like a year lead time to get steel for a building right now. Wow. That seems, that's a long ways out. And so this uh, funding is, is really great for energy efficiency projects. And what other things have been done in the past that you've already in place? So this is in addition to maybe some things you've already have Going. Yeah, when I look at energy efficiency, um, I, I think one of the big things is when we go back around a dozen years ago when uh, the Justice Center was built out on Carver Road, that was something that our, our county commissioners then made a decision to have a LEED certified building and looking at how many different ways for energy efficiency at that point in time. And one of the big things out there was like the geothermal heating and cooling system, which is a little more costly on the front end of installing, but over the life of a system like that would be looking at you know 20 to 40 percent savings. And that building also did a lot of recycled materials, just uh, just different ways to try to reduce that carbon footprint at a building like that. And I think I saw that there was a consideration for this new public works building to have a geothermal heating and cooling system as well. That, that is correct. That is the, another, the, the last thing that we're looking at of our items is we are looking at geothermal. Um, they're, they're, you have to have you know correct soil conditions to make it work. We, we're hopeful with where we're going to be at. That shouldn't be an issue when we, when we have a design, um, a site for design. Um, but that is a goal to have geothermal heating and cooling at that public works building. I don't know if you know the answer. What are some of those factors you have to look for in a site to have um, geothermal? I didn't realize that mattered. But yeah, you know, I really don't have the answers that's exactly. Not your... I'll, I'll leave that to the engineers okay. to let us know but, exactly what that but is. But there is yeah. some concern. I didn't realize yeah. that was a, an and, issue. And, so, And I would say one of the big things is just overall space because really what you're looking at is there's a lot of well, um, wells dug down, I mean, many feet down into the soil, and you have coil system throughout there. So that's one of the things. There's just a bigger space, a bigger footprint, and so it just has to have enough space to be able to do something like that. As far as uh, energy savings, do you have any idea of these things that are being invested in, how much that might save down the line per year or however that would be measured? Yeah, the you know a consultant we were working with on this project, they estimated that we could save upwards of around $130,000 a year on energy costs when we have this all said and done. Now that was in you know preliminary estimates. We're now doing a full um, an audit of this to say hey, where is this going to be. But we're thinking and hopefully in that hundred to hundred and thirty thousand dollar range of a per, yearly per savings year. per year. Per year, and yes, we all know that the LEDs last a lot longer than regular lighting. But at some point, that's going to come around. I don't know how many years that we'll have to look at re. I guess doing that because mm -hmm. they don't last forever. They don't last forever, but once you get that that you know the actual fixtures in there, that's the big thing because that's where a lot of that cost is is doing the, the fixtures because it's a different fixture than using the standard bulbs before the LEDs. So once you're able to get all those new fixtures and get that standardized, even just replacing those bulbs is a much um, cheaper proposition than than not having to do the full fixture. And Joshua, does the public have any input on this in terms of the public works building, or is this something that's completely already planned? Or I know working on the plans. I'm just curious, what is the input on this? Yeah, you know, there was, I mean, there's the, the county board had, you know, several county um, work sessions about this. So oh, there okay. was opportunities that there was, you know, public was there. Um, the press was there at these meetings to, to, to give that input of the, the entire process. Okay. I 
didn't know that, but yeah. thank you for <laughs> updating yeah. me. Anything else you think is important for the public to know about what is happening re- regarding energy efficiency and, and things being done at the county level that affect all of our taxpayer dollars? Um, you know, I, I don't think there's really thing, anything in addition to that for energy efficiency. I just, you know, want to say I'm just, we're just really appreciative of, you know, Senators Klobuchar and Smith because, you know, a lot of times in the past when people looked at the earmarks, they, you know, they called it pork spending and things like that. Then there was this negative connotation. But I think the process that the that Congress put into place, that they have an application process, that they really have to show that there is a return on investment, I think this is a really good thing for local communities to be able to do something like this. And the fact that our senators really pushed for this project, which we were the only energy efficiency project in the entire state of Minnesota among many applicants, was just, I think, spoke highly that we, we had a pretty good project ready to go here for Blue Earth County. Yeah, I had seen you a quote from you saying that, that we were the only one that got the funding for that. And I, I was wondering, why do you think that was? Just... Um. Uh, you know, that's a great question. Okay, just... You know, I, I think just I think how varied our our approach was with getting many different buildings and and being able to look at the EV infrastructure, but also doing the solar, doing the LED. I think there was just a nice mix of projects that affected a lot of buildings and that they they thought it was a good good idea. Are there any other future projects down the line that you know about that are maybe looking for more funding in the future? You know, um our our county board is going to be t- um, talking this spring and summer about the Rapid and Dam. That's something you've probably maybe seen some press about. So that is something that they're going to be taking a, a close look at. Is which direction do they go? There's there's a the repair option. There's a replace option. So they're going to be you'll, you'll be seeing a lot of public outreach here probably in the next couple of weeks because that is a a large endeavor. The Rapid and Dam is a is an icon here in the community, yes. and so that's something that whether we are looking at repairing that or replacing those are pretty big price tags. So whatever happens there, we're going to probably be looking at how do we find some funding for state dollars or federal dollars to help with that. I was going to ask you, do you know what the price tag on that is? Well, to do a repair option, um, approximately probably around $15 million to do a repair. And that's if you do a rep- after that repair, you're also looking at every several years, you're probably looking at significant dollars to keep putting into that because it's a over 110-year-old dam. And the one thing that's also worth noting is that at a 110-year-old dam, even with some of those repair options, at some point in time, it probably will have to come out. A dam like that won't last forever. Um, but in the replace option is significant as you're looking at approximately $84 million to do a replacement. And that $84 million counts the replacement, sediment removal, and also what would have to happen, the replacement of the bridge that goes over the river there would have actually also have to be replaced. So there are some things in there that are not fully of the dam removal, but just some of those other areas that will come along with it. The purpose of that dam, what it's not used for energy or anything like that, so is it just to, I guess I, I'm not really sure. I know it's a cool place to go. Well, um, historically, it had been an energy-producing dam. And so, um, but as of probably about three years ago, with some of the, the record flooding that we had in our community, that it did significant damage to to the dam and to the to all the components of running that. So we haven't been really been able to generate any electricity for several years. And so, and if you look at over the, the course of Blue Earth County having that dam, there's been many years that we have not been able to generate electricity. Is that a possibility in the future if they renovated the entire thing? I know it's a big high price tag, but 
Could that ever be utilized again for energy production? Yeah, if if you looked at a repair option of that $15 million, that would be the, the amount that looking to repair that to get that up to the point of, again, being able to generate electricity. But how about if you did an entire renovation of $84 million? If, if If $84 million, that would actually be removing the entire dam. So if that was removed, then there would be, at that point, no no option for um, generation of, of energy at that point in time. So no discussion to possibly put that in in the future, or is it not realistic? I guess I don't know why you would or wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, if, if the dam is there and repaired, you would have it that you'd be able mm-hmm. to, but if they remove the dam, they're just, that's your, you, you lose that hydroelectric ability to actually generate power there. And so basically you'd have just a, a regular flow of the river kind of going back to that state of 110, 115 years ago of a natural state of that river. Does it produce or would it produce enough electro, hydroelectric power to make it worth putting in that kind of money? Um, and I think that's probably the the $15 million question or the $84 million yeah, question okay. doesn't make it worth it. And I think that's as this as we get this community input and the yeah. county commissioners look into it, I think that's what they really have to look at. Okay. Um, I think you could, there's some maybe argument that it does not produce enough, and I don't have that, that data with me right now sure. of how much it produces, but does it produce enough to... Um, is it worthwhile the, the cost that has been to keep repairing it? So it sounds like that'll be in the near future discussions. Yep. Near future, there the board, I know there'll be some information and, and releases coming out talking about opportunity for our public to um, to give public feedback. There'll be some open houses. There'll be that opportunity. And the, the board will be doing that probably for a few months, and then they'll be taking all information and then looking at the when is the time to make a decision on which direction they go next. Well, we may want to have you back on again or someone from the office that is the, the appropriate person mm-hmm. to talk about that and just figure out kind of what's going on because it sounds like a, a really big project that will affect a lot of taxpayers. Uh, definitely, definitely has that potential. All right. Well, I want to thank you. We've been cha- talking with Joshua Milo, who is with the Blue Earth County as a deputy county administrator, and we've been chatting about the big funding that we're getting from the federal uh, the f- federal dollars for the energy efficiency that's going to be put in place and also possible future projects. Anything else that, uh, down the pike that you'd like to share with us, Joshua? Okay. Yeah, I don't think anything else. Just excited to be here and talk about this project today. Well, thank you so much for your time. appreciate it, and uh, we'll hopefully be in touch. All right. Thanks so much thank for you. having me. Every Day is Earth Day is supported by Minnesota Valley Federal Credit Union. With two locations in Mankato since 1934, it pays to bank where your part owner member NCUA. More at mnvalleyfcu.coop. And Every Day is Earth Day is also supported by members of the Executive Board of the South Central Minnesota Clean Energy Council. Find out more at smcleanenergy.org.